Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. This is Pia Larson, your host, and today I have Carol Cox on uh, the episode. She is the founder of Speaking Your Brand. It's a coaching and training company that helps high-performing, purpose-driven women entrepreneurs and professionals create their signature talk and thought leadership platforms. She's also the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Speaking Your Brand. And during election seasons, she serves as a Democratic political analyst on TV shows. She was also named one of Orlando's Women of the Year in 2021. Congratulations, Carol. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Pia. I am delighted to be here. Great. So I have so many questions for you. But first, I have to know, what was it that was pivotal for you in starting this community, this business? Where was your aha moment that you was like, I need to help all women entrepreneurs come up with the signature talk? Yes. Okay. So I will share the origin story and it's probably not quite as glamorous as one would like. (laughs) Maybe I need to just make something else up. So my graduate degree is in history. So I originally thought I was going to be a professor, academic in the ivory tower, reading books, doing research, what could be better. But when I was getting ready to finish that program, realized that there weren't a whole lot of great jobs in that area. And in the meantime, my then boyfriend, now husband was in technology. So he was doing software development and it was growing and he needed help. So he asked me to help him. So I learned how to, how to do software development. So we decided to go in that direction. So I did that. We had our own technology company for about 12 years. And then I kind of got burned out, you know, just doing computer code all the time and programming stuff and decided I really wanted to go back to kind of what my roots were, which I love learning about people. I love helping people. And so kind of decided, decided, well, what is this new business that I should create where I can work with people and not with code? And Speaking Your Brand was born because I also paid attention to what people would always tell me is that I was great at speaking and presenting. So I did that a lot on technology and marketing conferences. And so just decided to create a new business around this. And I love working with women entrepreneurs in particular. That was my network at the time. So I figured that would be the niche to focus on. So it was very, it was strategic for sure. It was, I mean, it's a passion of mine, but there was definitely strategy behind what I chose to do. Okay. So you also, you also had a development. So now you have kind of the geeky side and then also the entrepreneurial side, right? (laughs) And you melded that together. I actually have done speaking before and it's been a while because of the changes going on in our world. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that you will agree that even if we aren't speaking live, there's always opportunities for signature talks. 
and presentations. What have you seen people use their signature talks for? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a great question, Pia. And definitely COVID threw us all for a loop, especially those of us who enjoy speaking and enjoy in-person events and conferences. I definitely miss it and excited to get back. But I have always taken a broad view of the term speaking and especially speaking your brand. So certainly Mm -hmm. the traditional public speaking, but it's also doing podcast interviews like we're doing now or doing video shows. We have a LinkedIn live show that we do now and a YouTube live show. But your signature talk, when we work on it with our clients, really becomes a foundation for their messaging and what they do. So we've had clients take their talk and turn it into an email sequence for their email list or take it and use it on their website. They've taken it and use it for part of their sales console calls because it helps them to really understand what their ideal clients, their audience is going through and what challenges they're facing and how they can help them. That's amazing. I didn't even know that you had a live LinkedIn show. I'm going to have to check that out. That's amazing. So, so many ideas to take your talk. So what do you say to people out there who they they don't think that they really have that big idea they that you need for a good talk or they don't know where to start? I know you have kind of a formula that you walk them through. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So we have our signature talk framework, which is what I created after working with about a dozen or so clients. So when I first started speaking your brand in 2015, I knew how to create presentations for myself, but I had to figure out how to help other people create presentations. And so in the beginning, we would do a series of sessions together, six sessions, nine sessions, and I would have my Google Docs open, ask them questions, kind of piece together the outline of their talk. And then after doing that, again, you know, eight, 10, 12 times, I realized, oh, I'm asking them the same questions. So and I'm putting them all in the same order. So let me create a framework around that. So which is what I eventually did. And so even for those, you know, listeners who maybe think I don't have an original idea, or I don't have this kind of like world shattering idea, that's okay. What I like to think about is, is there something in your little corner of the internet, in your community, the people who are around you, the audiences that you reach? Is there something that's not being talked about a lot? Or something that you realize could be done a different way, there's a different way of seeing things that's going to help your audience that they just haven't recognized for themselves yet. That's that's a good point. You don't have to be like have this big world idea, right? It could just be what's the chatter all about. So let's say I have that big idea. What's the next step? What what I know mm-hmm. that you love doing the sticky notes and planning it all out. I've seen pictures of it, it's amazing. Yes. So what is that process like for you and your clients? Yeah, it's really, it is so much fun. And clients call it magical because it really feels like they're just talking like spaghetti for right a couple <laughs> hours. And because I, you know, we're asking them questions and we're writing things down because again, there's a like a method to our madness. We know what we're getting at and we keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper to find it. So we use the sticky notes so that we can change things around, reorder things as they're talking or get rid of things and, and so on and leave the spaces. And I, you know, I, because of my background in computers, I love computers, but there's something that's different when you're this tactile. And that's what I found with the poster board and the sticky notes. So that's something that we train our clients on when they come through our thought leader Academy is how to do that for themselves. And then we also do it with them in our VIP days. So let me give you an example, Pia, I was working with a client recently, and she's the founder of a company and she's getting ready to host an event and she's going to obviously speak at her own event. So we're working on her keynote. 
And at first, she just kind of had her standard, you know, here's my three tips for being a successful woman entrepreneur kind of thing. And I was like, Oh, no, 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 you don't get off that easy. Like, we're gonna <laughs> dig deeper. There's a deeper story in here. So that's as a coach, that's what I do is I help them to kind of peel back some of those layers and get to the heart of, you know, who they are as a person, and then making that relatable connection to their audience, being vulnerable, showing the their audience that they don't have it all figured out, that they're not perfect, that they have something that even they may be a little bit embarrassed about to share. And if you feel embarrassed to share something, as long as you process it, of course, like there's, you know, certain things, no, but, but <laughs> no trauma, if, if there's a little <laughs> bit of that vulnerability or embarrassment that go in that direction, because that's probably what's going to help your audience connect with you. That's great. So I'm going to ask for a little therapy here, Carol. Yes. I have a presentation coming up this Friday for BNI, which is a business networking group. Mm -hmm. um, it's only eight minutes. So, but because I'm in marketing, I, I it's always uh, extra pressure, right? It's like, what, what kind of song and dance is she going to have? And I want to, I want people to laugh. So knowing that, what are some tips that you can give me? Because I know that the beginning and the ending are the most important parts of your talk, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, because that's because people will re remember the beginning and they'll remember the end because of our recency kind of a uh, bias that we have as, as human brains. So Pia, I would say, and, and I love that you mentioned humor because humor is a form of social bonding. So if you can get your audience to laugh, that's great. Now, depending on the kind of the setup you have, if you have some slides and you can do some video clips, that can be fun. Eight minutes is short, so you don't want to spend too much time on that. And really for the eight minutes is making it as much of a two-way conversation with the audience, not just mm. you espousing information. So find ways to have some type of humor that it's almost like an inside joke, you know, because people, people like to be like kind of like insiders in something. So if there's an inside joke with B&I that you can tell that or there's something humorous related to that, that can be fun. You can also do kind of some show of hands questions that maybe will help people to see who else has maybe experienced certain things and they could be funny things or embarrassing, like not super embarrassing, but you know, mildly embarrassing yeah, things yeah. that people can admit to. I would say that because that is great for audience engagement. And the other thing to think about, especially in just an eight minute talk is go deep rather than broad. A lot mm, of times we point. feel like, oh, I want to give them like five tips, like five general tips that they can use for marketing. I would say go deep, have them get more reflective in what it is that you want them to think about, something they haven't really thought about before or need to think th deeper about, because that will stick with them more than five generic tips that they may have already heard of. Yeah, I love that idea. Um, I don't know if you've heard the term curse of knowledge. So yes. we, I have so much knowledge, 25 years of web development and digital marketing that I almost am just a deer in headlights and I don't know what to give them. So I like your advice of going deep and adding some stories to that. Mm -hmm. I also like your idea of engaging the, the, the audience. I know that uh, asking questions and including them in that is important. But at the end, mm -hmm. you, I know that a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll say, oh, do you have any questions, which doesn't really leave a good taste in your mouth. Can you give us a better way to end your, your talk? Yes, Pia. Well, thank you so much for this question. And I'm so glad that you've been doing uh, your, your studying on this because you are so far ahead. So yes, that is what I see a lot of speakers, mis the mistake they made is they end on a low note. 
And because of that, we mentioned that recency bias or the immediacy bias, we're going to remember the end. So you want to end on high energy. So what I like to end on something that's fun, even a music, Mm -hmm. like even a song to kind of keep people moving because they're going to remember how it felt. And then they're going to remember you because you made them have a good, have a good experience, have a fun experience. So leave on that high note. If you want to have them have time for questions, build that into your presentation, just brief questions. And if they have questions, they can come find you afterwards. You do not have yeah. to have a, a formal separate Q&A time at the end of your presentation. Yeah, that's amazing. So great tips. What about sharing you know, your assets or your presentation. I know that the golden rule is don't put too many words on the presentation and rely on that because they're really not going to pay attention to you. What other tips do you have for that? Yeah. So definitely for your, if you're going to use slides, have them be image-based and have just a few words on there. The words are really there to help the audience, not you. I think a lot of times the reason, especially back in the day where we had PowerPoint presentations with a gazillion bullet points on them is because the presenter couldn't remember their content. So really, they put it on those slides for them, not for their audience. So you want the slides to be the benefit of the audience. So when I put together my slides, I think of what are images that are going to provoke an emotional reaction in the audience. So I'll use that for my slide. If I ask the audience a question, I'll put the question on the slide as a benefit to them, because you know how sometimes in the audience, you're like, look at your phone, or you don't pay attention. And yeah. then you're like, Oh, wait, yeah. they just asked a question. What was the question? And so yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the question <laughs> on the slide, that's it. And if you want to give leave them with something a handout or a download, then put that a, that detailed information on the handout or the opt in, not on your slides, almost see of it as like a companion piece. Mm-hmm. So the slides are there for emotional reactions and for to help the audience with your what you're asking them of their your document is something different that's their takeaway also what about i know that the old-fashioned selling from the stage was all the rage a few years back and not everyone did it well (laughs) what if you really your goal is really to get people into your program or to to sell a book i mean what's the non-salesy way that you can do that in your presentation Yes. Okay. Well, I've already done it a couple of times here in our conversation uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, planting seeds as you go along. So I've said things like, so when we work with our clients in our Thought Leader Academy or in our VIP days, this is what we help them do. So do the same thing in your content. And this is especially true because a lot of conferences tell their speakers explicitly no selling from the stage, which means you cannot do a pitch at all. But there's so many ways you can integrate client examples or drop in things like that. So for you, PL for this BNI presentation that you're doing, I imagine they probably are okay with you talking about your services since it is a BNI <laughs> yeah. group. And so, yeah. right. And so then I would say focus on one service instead of all the things that you can do. Because if you tell mm. the audience all the things, they get analysis paralysis. And then they mm. think, oh, I'm not sure which one. Uh, I'll just think about this later, which means they'll think about it never. So think about what is the one next step you want them to take with you based on who is in that audience of your ideal clients. If that best next thing for them is that they need a website revamp because their website is not converting. They have a website, maybe it looks nice, it has some stuff on it, but it's just not converting them to leads and clients. Then that's what you're going to talk about in your presentation is how, how, what are the things that a website should do for you? A website should convert for you. Here are the things that, and then that is then your service that you promote, even if you do 10 other things for clients, just focus on one. I'm going to have to redo my whole presentation. (laughs) (laughs) 
just sitting here going, nope, that didn't happen. Nope. <laughs> no, this is all good because we are so in our business, right? And we're yes. so like, oh, yeah, I can talk about this stuff all day. But really, you're you're talking from an audience perspective, right? Which I yes. love. Can you share with some things that that you see happen that turn the audience off that you you notice right away? Yes. And actually, I did a whole episode on this on my Speaking Your Brand podcast a couple of months ago because I see this a lot. And it's, and so I don't know about you, Pia, but when you, because you have your expertise is in websites and marketing, I'm sure when you go to someone's website, you look at it and you're like, okay, I would do this differently, this differently, yeah. this differently. So I do the same thing when I go to speaker, you know, presentations and conferences. I think, oh, like they do this great and they should have done this. Of course, I won't ever say anything to them unless they ask. And so here's what I see is that they really, they don't think about their audience. They kind of press like play on themselves. Like I've delivered this presentation before. I'm just going to kind of do the same thing again. They don't engage with the audience. The audience might as well not even be there as far as they're concerned. Mm. And they just don't make it fun. Like if you're not energized and having fun in your own presentation, why is the audience going to have fun with it or care about it? If you, you seem like you don't even care about it. So I know a lot of times we get nervous as speakers and that's totally normal. Find a way to channel that energy beforehand, dance a little bit, dance with the audience, move your body, channel that energy so you can be more energized and from your audience. Instead of, I see a lot of times speakers get nervous and they kind of clamp down, like they kind of come into themselves instead of expanding out. And I know that there's video related to this, which is why I'm doing these movements. The other thing is move your body. As a speaker, it's not just about your mouth and your voice. It's about your entire presence. Use your body. Use the stage. As women, we are socialized to be small, to not take up mm. a lot of space. And I've had to take improv classes and really work on taking up more space. I love that you took improv classes because I, I always recommend that to people who yes. want to go go speak from the stage. So I'm just thinking of all the speakers that I've seen. There's one in particular who I love, Neen James, who she's this little petite Australian and she has a very high pitched voice and she just calls it out to the audience. She goes, OK, let's just let's just talk about my my voice, get it out of the way. And it's hysterical, right? Because they're like, oh, I wasn't going to say anything, but. Yeah, but she's yeah. just got all this energy and she moves around and she wears these really tall heels wow. and everything. So kind of making, you know, your personality center stage. Yes. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So what about uh, the introverts in the audience and the shy ones and the one that's, you know, I don't really want to bring attention to myself or I'll just have someone else on my team do a signature talk. What do you say to them? Because I know mm. you really want everyone to have their signature talk. Yes. I would say if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, you are the face and the voice of your brand, of your business, whether you want to be or not. And most of your audience, Pia, most of our clients and the audience who listen to my podcast, we are small business owners. We have a small team, maybe a couple employees, a couple contractors. We don't have huge businesses with hundreds of employees where you can outsource someone else to do these things for you. You have to do it. Communication, public speaking is such a foundational skill to have as an entrepreneur, but it's not just a skill for your business. I really see it as a skill for your own personal growth and development. What I see from the women who we work with is that they are transformed as, as women, as themselves. They're there. They build their confidence, they understand how their story, their journey brought them to where they are today, and how they can use that to transform their own clients and their audience. So it's really like a domino effect that we're helping to create. And so 
you know, I understand a lot of people get nervous with public speaking or don't want to do it. And there's ways you can do it without having to stand on a stage with a thousand people in front of you. There's other things that you can do around public speaking and thought leadership. Find that channel that's going to be the best fit for you, but also that's going to push you a little bit. Yeah. So even interviewing, like interviewing you and and having a live LinkedIn show. I mean, there's so many great ideas. What are some questions that I haven't touched on yet that you think the audience needs to know? Oh, that's a good one, uh, Pia. So I would say that think about, you know, what else is it that you want to do with your business? So we, you know, and I have, I have fallen into this with my own businesses in the past is that I'm an expert in what I do very good at what mm-hmm. I do. You know, we, we train, we study, we implement, we execute, we work with a lot of clients. We, we know exactly what to do, but then there's that bridge into leadership and we can call it thought leadership as far as our ideas and the, and the mission that we have. And so for me, you know, speaking your brand, I wake up every day, not just because of the business side, but the mission that we have which is to amplify and champion diverse women's voices because we know it's through women's stories and voices that we challenge and change the status quo. So for me, getting more women to understand that they can they can monetize their mission through their business, like they can have a, something bigger that they're doing with their business other than just working with clients. I know that's what fuels me. And I have a feeling that for so many women entrepreneurs, especially after they get into year two, year three, year four of their business, they want something more than just doing the launch campaigns and the consult calls and the programs that they run, which is important. But like, what is the bigger umbrella? What else do you want to do? Public speaking, write a book, put your ideas out there, have, and again, your, your ideas in that little corner of the internet that where people follow you. What is it? What conversations do you want to be a part of? I might have to call you later. <laughs> <laughs> I must love to chat with you, Pia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's been heavy on my mind. I, I know that the, the thread for me is I was never visible. So helping other businesses become visible and stand out for their uniqueness, like a fingerprint, has always been my mission. So it's interesting how there are opportunities, right, to to get that message out and, and to make a difference. What do you do when you're not like thinking about your business all the time? Like, what do you do for fun? What do you do to just kind of get out of your head? Because I know part of having this, this business is being creative, right? Yes, that's a great question. So I love to read. I'm an avid reader. And so I usually reading at least one nonfiction book and then one novel at, you know, different times of the day. And so I, I like to read a lot because I just like to think about things and there's sometimes it's related to business. So sometimes it's not. I love fitness. So my husband and I like to exercise together. So we'll do our fitness classes together. I love to go for runs and to walks and kayaking and that, you know, nature kind of thing. So that's really like in the biggest hobbies is like reading and then nature fitness activities. That's great. Do you have a favorite book you're reading right now? Oh, so I've, so I mentioned that my graduate degree is in history. So it specifically was on kind of the World War One through World War Two era in Europe. And I would always imagine that I was in the French resistance, you know, fighting the Nazis as a young woman. <laughs> so uh-huh. that, that was my like, in, you know, in my imagination. So I've been reading a bunch of books by a novelist named Kristen Harmel. And she writes the books that she writes are set during World War Two. And so, and actually she lives in Orlando, Florida, where I happen to live. I haven't met her yet, but I would like to. So she's written a bunch of books. So I really, I've been enjoying those. Is is that historical fiction? Because that's my favorite genre. 
Yes. That's amazing. And you mentioned you're in Florida. We actually bought a second home in Florida uh, in April in oh, Sarasota. Nice. Oh, that's yeah, a nice area. So, yeah. So, so meeting a bunch of people in Florida. Well, thank you for these tips. I really appreciate it. If people want to reach out to you and kind of have a discovery call and find out if you can help them, how, where do they find you? Yes. Go to speakingyourbrand.com. Uh, if you go to speakingyourbrand.com slash Pia, so P-I-A, your first name, okay. you can opt in for our free workbook on thought leadership. So there's question prompts in there. There are six steps to help position yourself as a thought leader. So it's a really great starting point to start thinking through some of the things that we talked about today. So speakingyourbrand.com, and then you can find contact info there, and you can schedule a console call. I would love to talk with you. And listen to Carol's podcast. It's amazing. And then check her out on her LinkedIn live. And then you also have a, an Academy Thought Leader Academy in September. Correct. So enrollment will be opening in September and we start in early October. And I'm super excited about that. This will be the third cohort that will be going through it. And I, the women, we just graduated uh, just a week or so ago as of the recording of this podcast. And uh, they do graduation speeches at the end to, to fun. kind of practice the things that they've been learning about storytelling and speech making. And they are so fun. They use humor and props and videos and tell us stories. And so it's, I, I just absolutely love the women who go through the Academy. That's amazing. So check that, yeah. that out on your website, speakingyourbrand.com slash Academy. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>